Hello and welcome to the Cornerstone College Ministry Podcast. My name is Blake and I am the college pastor at Stillwater Bible Church. This is where we post all of our lessons that we have throughout the week. We are a college ministry where we desire to be a ministry full of mature believers who are helping believers to mature. You're joining us for our study of the book of Ecclesiastes. We'll dive into this book where the key phrase is under the sun. We'll look at the vanity of life when we have the wrong perspective on it. I hope you enjoy as we go through this book verse by verse. Ecclesiastes 9. Still, enjoy life. Cool. Um, does anybody, or actually, I guess I'll pray. forgot I'm not in the group of high schoolers this week. Uh, <clears throat> cool. Um, actually, I'll read it first and then I'll pray. Yeah. Okay. Um, For I have taken all this to my heart and explained it that righteous men, wise men, and their deeds are in the hand of God. Man does not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. It is the same for all. There is one faith for the righteous and for the wicked, for the good, for the clean, for the unclean, for the man who offers a sacrifice, and for the one who does not sacrifice. As the good man is, so is the sinner. As the swearer is, so is the one who is afraid to swear. That this is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that there is one faith for all men. Furthermore, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. Afterwards, they go to the dead. This is a lot more than I thought I was reading. Okay. <clears throat> For whoever is joined with all the living, there is hope. Surely a live dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know they will die, but the dead do not know anything, nor have they any longer a reward, for their memory is forgotten. Indeed, their love, their hate, and their zeal have already perished, and they will no longer have a share in all that is done under the sun. Go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. Let your clothes be white all the time, and let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the woman who you love all the days of your fleeting life, which she has given you under the sun. For this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might, for there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. I again saw under the sun that the race is not for the swift and the battle is not for the, to the warriors, and neither is bread to the wise nor wealth to the discerning nor favor to men of ability, for time and chance overtake them all. Moreover, man does not know his time, like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare. So the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. Also this I came to see as wisdom under the sun, and it impressed me. There was a small city with few men in it, and a great king came against it, surrounded it, and constructed large siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, Wisdom is better than strength, but the wisdom of the poor man is despised, and his words are not heeded. The words of the wise, heard in quietness, are better than the shouting of the ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, for one sinner destroys much good. Uh, let's pray real quick. Um, Father, thank you for um, Ecclesiastes and the wisdom that is in it, Lord. Um, thank you for giving us your inspired word that we can learn from. Um, help us to um, just understand what you have for us today. Cool. Cool. We got an outline. Um, I would take that with a grain of salt, but this is, this is kind of the sections that I saw, but it's a lot more than my Bible has, because my Bible has one section. No, two sections. So, um, I found six, so I don't know about that. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, First section is the hand of God. <coughs> Hope for the living.
enjoy life, your hand, limitations of wisdom. A lot of hand in chapter 9. So uh, the hand of God, uh, in verse 1 it says, For I have taken all this to my heart and explained it, that righteous men, wise men, and their deeds are in the hand of God. Man does not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. Um, so loved or hated were in the hand of God, specifically for the, rise, the wise and the righteous, right? It says, um, righteous men, wise men, and their deeds are in the hand of God. Um, so, oh, I forgot to recap. So, um, this is kind of, I don't know, I kind of see this as an observation of the, the interest, the personal interest that God has in the righteous and the wise. Um, it says their hands are in the work of God. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah. So Psalm, Psalm 34, 15 says something sort of like this. And there was another Psalm we read at camp this week that also said something like this. But um, Psalm 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Um, so it's in a different context. It's talking about like the Lord provider and deliverer. Um, but it says the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. Right? And here it says um, their deeds are in the hand of God. Um, so I think that it's kind of a, a similar um, personal interest that God has in the righteous and the wise. Because I couldn't find that other psalm um, that we read at camp this week. But it says, do you remember Sarah? It goes on to say, like, he he observes all the inhabitants of the earth, but his eye is towards the righteous. It's not like he recognizes the righteous, right? right? The right. righteous are known. I know what you're trying to say, but I don't remember what the song was. Yeah, okay, well, anyway. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but then verse 1 goes on to say, man does not know whether it will be love or hatred. Anything awaits him. Um, but so the, so, like, we don't know whether... Uh, we're going to be loved or hated. Um, we don't know whether, like, our life is going to be good or bad, right? Um, but, so yeah, anything awaits. And this is kind of, um, it says the hand of God, but it's also kind of like the uncertainty of life. Like, man doesn't really know what's going to happen in our lifetime. Right? We, we, know, we know some things that will for sure happen. Like, for sure, we will die or get raptured, right? Um, for sure, we will be with Christ in eternity, but like tomorrow, if tomorrow comes, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, I think I might, you know, sleep or maybe go to the gym, but I might not. So, um, anything awaits man, even, even the righteous and the wise. So verse two says, uh, it is the same for all. There is one fate for the righteous and for the wicked, for the good, for the clean and for the unclean. For the man who offers a sacrifice, for the one who does not sacrifice. As the good man is, so is the sinner. As the swear is, so is the one afraid to swear. So it's just kind of a collection of like, it's everybody, y'all. Everybody. We all go to the same place. He kind of, it's like, even the bad people, like the righteous and for the wicked, right? Uh, the clean and the unclean. Um, the one who sacrifices, the one who's like um, making an effort, like under the law, like making an effort to um, be right with God, and the one who's like, Whatever, I don't need to sacrifice. Or the one who's not even, like, maybe a Gentile who doesn't sacrifice to God, right? Um, I don't know if that's what he's saying, but he says the one who does not sacrifice. Like, the same fate for all men um, is death. Um, but also we know that 
Hebrews 9.27 talks about um, standing before God, right? Um, so we're, we know that there's one faith for all, and it's death, but also all will stand before God and be, and be judged. Um, and yet we don't know how our life will be tomorrow, um, but we know what the end will be. Um, and then he says this in verse 3, This is an evil in all that is done under the sun. There is one faith for all men. Furthermore, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. Afterwards, they go to the dead. So yeah, they, they go to the dead, right? There's one faith for all men. And even more than that, insanity and evil are in the hearts of the sons of men. Like, I he talks about, like, the righteous and the wicked, but... I'm not sure if this is just saying, like, all men sin. That's, that lines up with the Bible pretty well, right? All sin fall short of the glory of God. Um, all are wicked at some point, or all are evil, right? Um, all sin. Uh, insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. I mean, he might just be looking out. Like, in general, when you look at the world, it's kind of insane. It's kind of wicked. It's like, whoa, what's going on in the world? Um, it's crazy. It's a fallen world. So, like, insanity is in the world. Oh, is it? No? Okay. Yeah. So, um, the world's just kind of crazy. And then everybody dies. And we don't know if we'll be loved or hated. Or if tomorrow's going to be good or bad. Um, but yeah, verse 4 says, For whoever is joined with all the living, there is hope. Surely a live dog is better than a dead lion. Ah, there it is. Mufasa? Dead lion. Hyena that killed Scar, a living dog, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lion King reference. Yeah. So, in the Lion King, right, um, everybody loved Mufasa, right? He was really cool. Even his son Simba's like, oh man, my dad's awesome. And then he's like, just like oh man, my dad's dead. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, but he's like, my, my dad was really cool. He's a lion. Um, like sometimes he's kind of been like, man, I wish I were my dad, right? Like he was really honored, he was really respected. Um, and then the hyenas are like, ew, they're just kind of gross. But this is saying like it's better to be a dog that's alive than to be a dead lion. Like in this culture, um, it was like lions were honored and respected. Like lions are cool. Lions are ah. dogs are like ew. So they were like dogs were like filthy and kind of shameful, disgusting. So he's saying, like, it's better to not be honored and be alive than to be honored and be dead, basically. Um, those that are still alive have hope, and it's better to be alive even if you're not honored, right? Even if it's evil in your life, even if um, you're hated, like verse 1 talks about. It's better to be alive than it is to be dead and be honored. Of course, we know that will be an eternity if we're dead, um, but it's like, don't, don't, I don't know, just give up because you're alive. Like, I'm alive and people hate me. Ugh, I'm just not going to do anything, right? No, it's better to be alive and still get to serve. And he's going to talk about this as we go on. Like, it's better to enjoy things in life while we're still alive than to just get caught up in the futility, as he talks about earlier in the um, Ecclesiastes. There we go. Um, since he's talking about like hope, he says in verse nine or verse four, sorry, um, there is hope 
surely a live dog is better than dead line. I thought I would just was reading when I was studying through this. I was reading also in First Peter, and like in the first few verses, it talks about uh, our imperishable hope. So I'll just read it real quick. Verses three through five of First Peter, chapter one, say, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope." through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So like says, like we believe in Christ and we have eternal life, right? And because of God's mercy, he allows that. Like Because he does not um, give us what we deserve, he allows us to be born again. Um, to a living hope. So that's our hope, right? Um, and then not only that, but an imperishable inheritance awaits us. Um, and we're protected by the power of God. And I, I think that could even kind of, I don't know if that's exactly what verse one was talking about, where it says their deeds are in the hand of God. But like, we are protected by the power of God to eternity. So I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. I just happened to be reading that when I was also studying chapter 9. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. It talks about hope in this verse, and it talks about hope in Ecclesiastes. So, um, yeah. But um, also, as we look on, we'll see that there's some things that we can't do once we're in heaven or we can't do once we're dead um, in Ecclesiastes. So things the dead won't do. Bring glory to God on earth. That's the that's kind of the the big takeaway, um, but there are some other things that they don't want to. So, um, verse five says, "For the living know they will die, but the dead do not know anything, nor have they any longer a reward, for their memory is forgotten." Um, so, the living know they will die, but the dead do not know anything. Um, yeah, we we know we're gonna die, right? I mean, maybe maybe sometimes as we're young, like we think, oh, "I'm invincible. I, at least I'm not gonna die yet." But I don't think anybody is deceived into thinking, I'm never going to die. I'm going to live forever. I'm just going to, I'm by the time I'm like 50, they're going to figure out immortality, and we're just going to all live forever. No, I don't think anybody really thinks that. Or if they do, they're just, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the dead are not on earth, and they can't serve and bring glory to God, right? Um, the dead do not know anything like they're not on earth, and they don't know anything on earth, right? Um, and they no longer have a reward for their memories forgotten, right? Um, obviously, like, we know that we have eternal rewards. The Bible is very clear about that. Um, and that's in the New Testament and also the Old Testament. It talks about eternal rewards that we earn as we um, toil in the Lord, which was what we talked about this week at camp. But um, the dead don't get to serve in the same way that the living do. Um, and the dead don't get to serve on earth to earn those rewards. In uh, Revelations 22.3, it talks about the difference between how we serve now and how uh, we'll serve in eternity. It says, There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. So there will no longer be any curse, right? We're cursed to toil, to labor under the sun. But in eternity, there will no longer be any curse, and we'll serve him. So there's a different kind of service. So while we're alive, we're serving differently than when we're in eternity. Um, and um, 
there are different things that we can do now than we'll be able to do then. Um, and he kind of talks about that uh, as we go on. So verse 6 says, Indeed, their love, their hate, and their zeal have already perished, and they will no longer have a share of all that is done under the sun. See? So, like, they're dead, and they don't get to participate with the living, essentially. If you, when you die, you're with Christ. Or not with Christ. Um, <laughs> but you um, don't get to participate with the living. You don't get to serve. You don't get to go to, I don't know, a birthday party or... Um, go to Texas Steakhouse. What's it called? Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Ah, nice. I, like, seven minutes ago, was sitting in my chair. Maybe it was, like, ten minutes. And I thought, oh, I have leftover steak. And I got so excited, y'all. Oh, man, I'm ready for lunch. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, that was, anyway. Yeah, they don't get to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I leftover from when? <laughs> what? Leftover from when? <laughs> from Sunday. Okay. All right, but... Yeah, yeah, but, but the, dead don't, the dead don't get to participate in eating my leftover steak, right? Yeah, I don't think the living would want it. <laughs> steak doesn't go bad in a week. It's been in the fridge. It's been in a styrofoam box. Steak doesn't go bad. Keep going. Anyway, I might be not participating in the living, I guess. If I, I don't know. Um, I didn't know that, y'all. I thought that I could just eat leftovers like a week later. You know, it's probably fine. <laughs> okay, it's probably fine. Probably yeah. fine. Uh, I'm less excited for my steak now. If it looks no, fine. be excited. If it looks fine, it is fine. Yeah, thank you, guys. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Look, look, if it looked bad, you wouldn't eat it. So. Well, he hasn't looked bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's like mold growing on it. Don't eat it. But. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they no longer share in all that is done under the sun. Um, any actions, any feelings that the dead did, like their hate, their zeal, their desire to serve, or their um, wickedness, um, it's done. It's in the past now. Um, so when once the dead are no longer alive, they're dead, basically. Um, which is, I don't know if it's common sense, but um, my notes say they exist in, like, <laughs> they no longer exist. Um, <clears throat> but... Um, they can't enjoy what God wills for them under the sun either. Like, um, they can't enjoy the good that is under the sun. Um, and they can no longer do things that God has approved of. Um, so verse 7 says, Go then, eat your bread in happiness. Oh. Enjoy life. That's uh, verse 7 through 9. So, um, go then, eat your bread in happiness, and drink your wine with a cheerful heart, for God has already approved your works. All right, God approves of these things all about finding that balance though um but yeah he says um go then do it it's good you're good you go ahead and do this it's not a bad thing to enjoy what you do it's not a bad thing to enjoy um, your bread or to be happy when you eat your bread um maybe if there's a little meat on it you won't have such a hard time being happy about it because meat is great but like don't um don't like be sad all the time don't be like, oh, man, I'm eating this bread, but I'm just, I, 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 life is just terrible. Now he says, a cheerful heart, right? Cheerful heart. God has already approved your works. Um, we also know that we should be good stewards of what we have. Um, we shouldn't just, like, keep all our wine and bread to ourselves. And, ah, I'm so happy that I have bread and wine, but I'm not going to share it. No, we should also be good stewards, right? God has given us. What we have and we should be sharing it but we can also enjoy it we we don't have to just 
give away all our bread and wine and leave nothing for ourselves, right? Um, so it's about finding that balance. And he continues in verse 8 and says, Let your clothes be white all the time, and let not oil be lacking on your head. So it's continuing in the same idea, right? Life is, is like, it's good to enjoy life, right? I imagine that oil smelled good back then. I don't know if I'd put oil on my head now. But there's some benefit to putting oil on your head. So, he says, put oil on your head. Um, one time in sixth grade, we were doing like a, like a Greek fair. So we were supposed to dress up in like togas and stuff. And I thought, oh, it'd be really cool if I put this olive oil in my hair. <laughs> Guys, don't do that. It's bad. It's bad. But it, it just made my hair look super greasy and gross. But I guess the oil they used then, maybe, maybe that was the style. Maybe greasy, gross hair was the style. But they put it on their head. Um, and they had clean clothes, like white clothes, all the time. They didn't just like not take care of themselves, basically. Right? Take care of yourself. Let your clothes be white. Let will not be lacking. Okay, enjoy life. In verse 9, he says, Enjoy life with the women you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given to you under the sun. This is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. All right, so he says, Enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given you under the sun. All right, it's fleeting, it's momentary. We know that we're not going to be here forever. A day is so long in eternity. I mean, so short in eternity. I really got that one mixed up. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're not going to be here for very long. But he's like, get married. Or if you are married already, like, enjoy that. Don't just, like, I don't know, get caught up in futility. Enjoy that you're married with. This is um, your reward in life. And in your toil, which you have already labored under the sun. So it's, um, you're working hard, but there are still good things, right? That's what 7 through 9 are talking about. Like, you, you're toiling, you're laboring, it's hard. Psalm's like, I know it's hard. I might be like the richest man in the world and king, but I know it's hard, y'all. I know. I get you. He's like, but still, en enjoy life. Enjoy these good things. God approves, right? God has, and, um, Chapter 6, it talks about that. Like, who can contend with he who is greater than man, right? It talks, it's talking about, like, God knows what's best. Who, how can we contend with God? Because we don't know what's best, and he's more powerful than we are. We shouldn't contend with him, right? So we should just um, know what he says is good to do and, and do it, and not argue and say, actually, I think I know better. Actually, it's better to not enjoy and be cheerful um, the bread and wine that I drink. I, I'm just going to hate it. Every time I eat, I'm just going to hate it. No. It's like, no. Don't contend with God. God approves of this. Enjoy it. Um, and then verse 10 kind of switches, I think, a little bit, but it's kind of in the same um, mindset. But it says, your hand is the, the title I gave it. Because um, it's talking about what your hands do. So verse 10 says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. For there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom and show where you're going. Um, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. I, I think it's interesting the um, emphasis on hands, because in the beginning it talks about in the beginning of chapter nine, it talks about um, their deeds are in the hand of God. And then here it says, um, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. There might be a there might be a connection there that I just um, didn't make 
but um, yeah, there, so whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Um, there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom and show where you're going. Um, so in, let's see if I got this right. So like Old Testament believers go to paradise, which is in the heart of the earth still, right? Um, and New Testament believers, which is us, like ever after Christ died and rose again, um, go to be with Christ um, until eternity when we're in the eternal state. Um, but so he says, go to Sheol, and he says, there's no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom uh, where you're going. It's like, I think it's the same kind of concept as the earlier verses where he's talking about uh, what can't be done or what is not done in after we're dead, right? We can't serve God when we're dead in the same way we can serve here. Um, we can't, like, plan, maybe, or we can't um, wisdom. I don't know. What, well, that's what it says. But um, it's not the same when we're dead. Um, and maybe it wasn't the same um, before Christ's return when people went down to the paradise. Maybe it wasn't the same then. Um, and maybe it's different. I don't know. We don't exactly know what eternity is going to be like. Will we still learn? Maybe. Who knows? But um, it says there is no planning, right? If you're dead, there's no point in planning. There's not really something to plan for. Like, when we're alive, we plan because, like, well, I need to plan to get groceries tomorrow so I don't die. That's good, right? We have to plan. Um, but if I'm dead, I don't really need to worry about that. Um, yeah, and if activity, right? Like, um, we went rafting and climbing and all those things uh, last week at camp. But, like, I don't need to plan to do that if I'm dead. I'm dead. I don't, I don't participate with the living. Um, we already looked at that. So... Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. Um, and I think that kind of is emphasized a lot in the New Testament, uh, where it talks about doing things for the Lord. The Old Testament does too. Like Deuteronomy says, I don't know. So Jesus says the same thing in the New Testament. Like, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And one of them, either the New Testament or the Old Testament, includes mind. I can't remember which. But I should have looked that up. I didn't think of that until just now. Um, but yeah, whatever you do, um, do it with all your might. Um, Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Right? Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all with all your might. Right? Do it all for the Lord. Um, because while we're living, we can still serve him. And once we're dead, well, we can't really um, serve him the same way that we can now. Um, or at least it won't be it won't be the toil, right? First um, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, um, "Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord." Right. So while while we're still on the earth, and the curse is still that we will toil, um, we can toil in the Lord. Uh, but when we're serving Him in eternity, we won't be serving in the same way. Verse 11 says, I again saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, and the battle is not to the warriors, and neither is bread to the wise, nor wealth to the discerning, nor favor to men of ability, for time and chance overtake them all. Um, 
so things that <laughs> seem like they would fit for people don't always fit for people. Um, he says, time and chance overtake them all, right? In verse 1, it says, man doesn't, we, we don't know. We don't know what awaits. Um, it could be love or hatred. Anything awaits us, right? And so someone might train, might be swift. They might be really fast. They might just be born fast. Or they might, like, train and train and have a big race, and then they don't get to race. Swift, the race is not really swift. Swift should be racing, though, right? But they don't always get to race. Anything awaits man. Um, and warriors maybe don't get to battle, um, or maybe they battle and they do badly and they die. Like, you think that a warrior would be really good, maybe live, but no, the warriors, battle is not for the warriors. Um, and you'd think that the wise man would be able to get bread, right? Be pretty wise, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my money up and I'm going to have bread. But then something bad happens, he talks about this earlier um, in Ecclesiastes, something bad happens in a bad investment, loses all that money, can't even take care of himself or his kid, right? I think chapter 6, I talked about that. Well, it was one of the chapters. Um, so yeah, like even even the wise, even wisdom has limits, right? Even if you're wise, you're not always going to be, um, you might not always have bread. Um, and the wealth um, does not always go to the discerning, right? Even the discerning is kind of like wisdom, but like, again, might make a bad investment. Or might just never have money. I don't know. It just doesn't always happen that way. Um, anything awaits man. Um, and time and chance overtake them all. Um, so this is just Solomon's um, sort of highlighting the fact that we don't really know. Right? Things are uncertain. Um, he's kind of, through chapter 9, he's kind of talking about, like, things are uncertain. Right? Anything awaits us. But we can still enjoy life. We can still enjoy our food. We can still um, enjoy those that we love. And we can still work with all our might um, and serve the Lord ultimately uh, while we're under the sun, even though we don't know what's going to happen. Even if we don't get to uh, do things that seem like they would fit us best. Like, I don't play basketball. Everybody thinks I should play basketball. So basketball is not for the tall, right? (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Um, Yeah. So verse 12 says, Moreover, man does not know his time, like fish caught in a treacherous net and birds trapped in a snare. So the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time when it suddenly falls on them. Um, so I think this is probably talking about death, because it says man does not know his time, and I, I'm just, I don't know, it just sounds like death. Um, and um, it could also just talk about being trapped. I don't know, but it's using a simile like fish caught in a treacherous net birds trapped in a snare, um, so the sons of men are ensnared at an evil time. But I think he's talking about um, we don't know when our death will be either. We don't know what awaits us. We don't know when we're going to die. Um, whether in unforeseen circumstances, like we get trapped in a fishnet and we drown, or, I don't know, or, just, um, or you know, we just die of old age. We don't know when we're going to die. So now we look at wisdom's limitation. Did I, was that, is that right? I don't know, you tell me. Oh, I guess it is. Oh, I thought I had split that up more. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, so wisdom's limitations. Um, So we've kind of seen like, so far we've seen 
that God or the deeds of wise, the wise and righteous are in God's hand. Um, and anything awaits us, be love or hatred, we don't know. Anything awaits us. And this is for all men, right? Nobody knows um, when we'll die. Um, and then we looked at kind of, there's a stuff that we can do now that we won't do when we're dead. Um, we can enjoy life now, but when we're dead, we won't be able to enjoy life. So it's better to be alive than it is to be a lion that's dead. It's better to be not honored and alive than to be honored and dead. Uh, because while we're alive, we still have hope for eternity. Um, and we know that we're going to be with Christ when we're dead. So um, we hope that even when we die, we don't know when that will be. We will be with Christ. Uh, so that's good. And then we kind of saw that, um, I don't know, stuff doesn't always happen how we expect it to. And we just don't know. We don't know, but we can still enjoy life, and God approves of us enjoying life. Um, so now we're going to kind of see a little um, anecdote about the, um, the limitations of wisdom, uh, wisdom's limitation. Um, Solomon says wisdom is better than strength. It's like, but it's not always, um, it doesn't always prevail, kind of, or um, it doesn't always benefit the wisey, the, the one who is wise. Um, yeah, so verse, I'm just going to read the little section because it kind of goes together. Um, so it says, also, this I came to see as wisdom under the sun, and it impressed me. There was a small city with few men in it, and a great king came to surround it, or came to it, surrounded it, and constructed large siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the wisdom of the poor man is despised, and his words are not heeded. So um, there's this, like, oh, nice. Oh, oh. Uh, it's like seed works. Um, so, like, there's this, this little city, and this, like, big king came up. Maybe it's Solomon. I don't know. Maybe Solomon did this. Maybe he attacked a little city. And then there was this wise guy that, like, saved the city. I don't know. Um, but... But, like, they built all these, like, huge catapults and things. They were going to take over the city. They probably had safety glasses on because they wanted to be safe, keep their eyes protected. Um, and there's this wise guy, and he's like, guys, I got a plan. We can save the city. Maybe we just need to give this king some extra taxes. I don't know. I don't know how the wise guy saved the city. Um, he was poor, right? He wasn't the king, um, probably, unless he was a poor king. But um, he was poor. He was probably just, like, some peasant. Um, but by his wisdom, he was able to deliver the city. Um, whatever he did or whatever he suggested, um, he was able to save them from being sieged and having giant catapults like the one on the screen just crush the city. Um, but then it says in verse uh, 15, no one remembered that poor man. Um, I think it's interesting because Solomon says in verse 13, he says, I came to see as wisdom under the sun this, and it impressed me. Uh, he's like, that That was like, wow, that was wisdom. That was really cool. But then also like, wisdom has limitations. He's like, even though this guy was really wise, like, he was poor and nobody really cared about him. Um, so it says, um, the wisdom of the poor man is despised and his words are not heeded. Obviously, he must have saved the city somehow so maybe maybe they listened to him or maybe he just like went outside with a um a present for the king and like saved the day i don't know um 
but once the like city was safe, um, it says that no one remembered the poor man. Right in verse fifteen, no one remembered um, after he delivered them. He's forgotten again because he's poor. So like wisdom has limitations. It doesn't always equal bread. Right, talked about that earlier. He was wise, and you'd think that like he saved the city, the king should give him like gold chains and uh, throne or horse or something. But now they forgot about him. So, um, yeah, the poor man is despised, and his words are not heeded, um, despite being wisdom uh, or wise. So then verse 17 says, The words of the wise heard in quietness are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. I got a little off of my notes. Um, yeah, so... Earlier we read in Ecclesiastes that um, folly, folly multiplies its words in futility. I think that was chapter 6 too. It seems like it was chapter 6. Um, but folly multiplies its words in futility, right? Foolish people tend to talk a lot. Um, or talking a lot can be foolish sometimes. And it's futility ultimately. It's like it doesn't accomplish anything to just constantly be talking and have nothing to say. Um, but the words of the wise and quietness are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. So even like a ruler that's foolish and doesn't know what to say, he's going to be shouting at a crowd of people. And you're like, you're like, yeah, yeah, this guy's great. This guy's awesome. Because they're fools and they don't know. Um, and like he's the king. He's like, oh, I feel so great right now. All these people admire and respect me. But he's saying nonsense. And they're, they don't know that it's nonsense because they're fools. Um, but... The words of the wise heard in quietness are better. So even if there's just one wise man teaching one person who's quietly listening, it's better than to be a ruler with a crowd of people who are listening to you and you have nothing to say. Um, so it's better to listen to wisdom and quietness than it is to, um, I guess, get like recognition or fame or whatever. Um, and then 18 says wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. I don't know, that seems pretty self-explanatory. Because um, in the story, the, the little wise man uh, saved the city, even though the king had surrounded it with huge weapons of war. Um, but one sinner destroys much good. Um, I think that could be talking about how, even though the wise man saved the city, like, he wasn't heated. And, like, he did so much good, but, like, they're probably just going to lead it back into ruin. Or, because um, it says his words are not heated. Or it could be, like, he did this great thing, but it was kind of ignored after he saved the city. And so that's kind of um, destroys much good. Or it could be, like, one sinner destroys much good. Like, it's, even when you're wise, um, you can save the city, but if you're, you know, do something dumb that's bad and you can destroy all the good that you did. I don't know. Um, it seems pretty pretty loose. I don't really understand it, honestly. Um, but wisdom is better than weapons of war and one sinner destroys much good. So I, it, I guess it's pretty straightforward. Um, so so we saw um, the hand of God in verses 1 through 3. Um, and how, like, 
our works are in the hand of God. Like there's the um, God looks on the righteous, right? Um, specifically the wise and the righteous, their deeds are in the hand of God. Um, and but we still don't know what's going to happen. Anything awaits us. Um, in fact, all will be dead, and all will face um, judgment once they're dead. Um, but then there's hope for the living, right? So it's good to be alive, right? It's better to even be alive if you're not honored um, than it is to be dead um, because you don't have hope once you're dead, um, especially for unbelievers, right? If you're an unbeliever and alive, there's still a chance that um, you can believe and you can be saved. Um, you can put your faith in Christ. But once, once you're dead, um, there's no hope. And so, but for us, like, we know our hope is secure um, in Christ, and it's still better to be alive and not, I don't know, wish that we were dead. Um, we can long to be with Christ like Paul does, um, but there's still good for us on earth to do and to serve uh, with. And then, yeah, enjoy life, right? God approves of your works. God approves of you um, being cheerful while you eat and drink or um, loving uh, your wife, if you're married, or loving your family, or whatever. Um, he proves that. He's like, it's good. Your life is short. He says, your life is a shadow. So enjoy these things while you're still here. Soon, soon enough, you'll be dead. He talks about um, your hand. Like, do everything. Like, work as hard as you can. Um, do everything with all your might. Serve the Lord, because we can serve him differently now while we toil than we will in eternity. Um, we'll serve him, but... Um, we won't have to toil. And so we still get to serve him while we're here, so we should still do that. Um, and then he talks about, what, what are we going for? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, um, How there are some things that we think that makes sense for people to do, or like certain people, the swift should be racing, or the warrior should be warring, um, but that doesn't always happen. Um, there's uncertainty in life. Um, there's certainty in eternity, but uncertainty under the sun, uh, kind of is Solomon's thing. And then um, even the wise don't always get bread, right? Even the wise don't always get um, heeded or respected. And sometimes they're just a poor man that no one listens to. But it's better to listen to that wisdom from the poor man that no one cares about than it is to listen to the king who's just shouting nonsense to a bunch of foolish people. So what's our application? Serve, enjoy, hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we should serve and work now while we're alive and work for the Lord in all we do. Um, we this That was the entire um, lesson of camp this week. Sarah and I were um, with the senior camp, and it was like, a lot of looking at like rewards and looking at we need to be abounding in the work of the Lord um, and serving him in all that we do. Um, and what does it mean to work in the Lord? Well, it means um, to have the right attitude about it, like to be serving for the Lord and not for ourselves or serving for the Lord and not for, um, just to get the like respect of other people. Right? So we should be um, serving and working now. We should be abounding in our work while we're alive. Because the dead don't get to do things the same way that the living do. And we're commanded to do it also, so that's good. Um, and then enjoy. God's will for us includes enjoyment. It's not that his will is like, 
you're going to be on earth, you're going to toil, you're never going to enjoy anything. Now, like, there are good things that God has for us to enjoy. Um, and Solomon makes that pretty clear throughout Ecclesiastes, that this is good. Um, he's seen that multiple times. So there are good things for us to enjoy while we're alive, and we should enjoy them. Um, and we should still be good stewards of what we have, and not just be selfish and only enjoy it for ourselves. Um, we can share, we can give. But, we, but we're not just called to be miserable our entire lives or force ourselves to be miserable um, because we know there's good for us to enjoy. And then hope. Um, we know our future is secure, and we should set our eyes on it and not focus on our worldly troubles. Yeah. Don't get caught up in the futility of life and forget that we have eternity waiting for us. And we don't know when it will come. Solomon says it's evil that we don't know when we'll be ensnared in a fishnet and get caught under a current drown. Um, but we know that we'll be with Christ when we're absent from the body. Um, so we can kind of look forward to eternity while we still serve on earth. Cool, that's, that's what I got. And uh, we're a little early, but we're about out of time. So does anyone have any thoughts or anything that stuck out to them? <clears throat> Sorry, I was seeing the camp connections a lot. Mm. I was like, I think we talked about that. Mm. Um, I mean, it makes sense for the Bible, of course, flows together. Yeah. But it's so cool when you think about um, he used to study the, he used to study one verse at camp, like which decided what it was, Corinthians 15 58. And Hunter's not all over the Bible with that one verse, and all these different things. It's cool how it all fits together. Ecclesiastes, the, um, the book that starts out happy and goes kind of sad and back to happy. It's like, even in a book that at face value seems kind of dark, there's hope for us. That we, get to, we get to serve the Lord, and we get to enjoy Him. It's cool. Um, Psalm has a back and forth, kind of like part of that balance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, be content with uncertainty. A part of this is just like, hey, you don't know what's going to happen. Could be now, could be later, could be good, could be bad. And it even goes into feeling like, you know, the swift should be, the rest should be found the battle of the warriors. And then it goes right into like, glory should be for the wise man and get it like, And so it's like being content, like, hey, you know, I may not be able to do the things I want to do, but I should enjoy them knowing that, because I like the, uh, in verse 9, enjoy life with the woman who you love all the days of your fleeting life, which you have given them to the Enjoy life with the woman you love all the days of your fleeting life. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're here for a tiny bit, but I understand that you can enjoy the tiny bit that you have here. And it can be easy when there's uncertainty to just get anxious and upset and angry maybe even at God. Of like, this could all be gone in this thing. Right? Uh, but it says, no, just enjoy it because it is fleeting. And understand that, and understand that you enjoy it, and don't just get upset. I, I kind of like how my Bible has, instead of its wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised. Mm -hmm. It says, nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised. Mm -hmm. Which to me gives a little bit different meaning. It's like, wisdom, it... it it seems to emphasize that wisdom is better than strength, 
nevertheless. So it's like wisdom is still better. Nevertheless, people. Yeah, I think talking about girls has as well. Apple has a quote quotations. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the wisdom of poor men despise wisdom. So even though that's true, it's like the world is unfair. Mm. So does your quotations end at strength? Yep. Huh. Might go all the way through. Yeah. Hebrew didn't have a well, we're about out of time. It's 944. 1044. <laughs> Just an hour left. It's 944. Um, it's 1044. So I will pray, and then we can uh, be dismissed and go to the in service, and we can have more discussion. Tuesday at 730. At, at the cabin. At the cabin. Okay, cool. At the cabin. That one. <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, what was it? 52 of the tears? Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Father, thank you for um, allowing us to serve you while we're here on earth. Um, thank you that um, even though life isn't always great and life isn't always great.